My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Britt here today. We have one incredible woman coming on today. You guys, I'm so, so excited. The guest I'm bringing on, Michelle Hex. She's the CEO and founder of michellehex.com. She's the host of Cashed Up Coaching Queen podcast, and she works with coaches and consultants as well as industry leaders launch, grow, and scale high-ticket coaching brands, which is huge. And I mean, you guys, you know, I keep my intros really brief, but I love to allow the guests to go dive in and fill in those gaps and tell us a little bit about, you know, how they got to where they are today. And, you know, tell us about their area of expertise and really go from there. So welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Amazing. No problem. I'm, I'm super pumped. Like I said, you know, I think it's a great place to start just, you know, a little bit of your background and journey. How did you get to where you are today? I mean, I've, I've taken a look and did my research and I know all uh, tons of stuff that you're up to and what you've accomplished, which is just outstanding. But, you know, if you don't mind going ahead and telling the audience a little bit about you and uh, what led you to where you are today. Yeah, sure. It's it's a long story, but I'm going to make it brief. Like I've just had my 54th birthday, so I've lived many years on the planet. So every year the story gets longer, right? Um, so right now where I am is in this amazing, incredible place of where I guess a lot of coaches want to be. And I've been here for a long time. So earning amazing money, working with incredible clients, not working too much um, and have plenty of time to do all the things that I love, traveling, training, all those different bits and pieces. And it, you know, it, it's definitely, if you looked at my Instagram, you would see the highlight reel and it's pretty much legit these days, you know, I mean, obviously I still have to do the washing and, you know, other bits and pieces like everybody else, but nobody needs to see that. But if I take you back to when I first started on this journey, um, it was many years ago, it was in the very early nineties. And before that, even, you know, I'm that, child of domestic violence, uh, sexual abuse, poverty, like a lot of things. You know, I was forced to leave school at 14. And so everything that I've done ever since has been self-taught, self-driven. And, you know, I got where I am because I've just followed my nose every step of the way. I've had nothing to lose in my life, you know, and everything to gain. So I've really just followed my, trusted my instincts, followed my passions and never really questioned where things were taking me. I was just open to things. And so, you know, back in the day when I was young and I was at home, I had this vision of being a keyboard player for Pseudo Echo, which was a, you know, 80s band here in Australia with the flock of seagulls hair and all of the rest of it. And that didn't quite work out. And over time, I you know, I started to find myself and find out what made me tick. I learned very early on without the word being ever mentioned that I was an introvert, um, but I do function at a high level. You know, I, I, 
I'm a high functioning introvert is what I call myself. Um, but I learned that. So I have a lot of, I spend a lot of time on my own, which is a good thing. You know, I learned a lot about myself and figured things out. And along the way, I tried many things to figure out where I fit in the world. I knew I was different to the people around me. I was always more, I guess, driven and hungry for things and, one of the, you know, so early in the early days, um, I was 20 years of age. I was the first person in my family to travel. So I saved up and I traveled around the US. I saw 20 states. When I go, I go hard. Like I don't do anything by heart. You go all in. I went all in. And so I saw a lot of the states and just loved it. And I knew that I would have something to do with the US at some point. But this is 1989, pre-internet, pre-mo, you know, pre all the things that we know today, right? Right. But I knew I, all that research would be a lot harder, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just contacting home and things like that. There was that massive San Francisco earthquake that happened in 89 and my family thought I was dead, but I was like, no, I was in New York by then, but I didn't think to ring home, you know, and there was no yeah. way to find out. I can't, couldn't mark myself safe on Facebook. Um, and so I, one of the things that I did when I was in the US was I did a lot of camping and uh, time in national parks. And I thought, I want to be a park ranger. That's what I want to be. So I got back home to Australia. I was 20 years of age, put myself back through school so I could do that. But while I was at it, I thought the really cool jobs are where they fly the planes and they firebomb the national parks and things like that. So I thought, I want to do that. So I went and got my pilot's license and, you know, did all of these things. And that never went anywhere. But the the act of taking myself back to school and doing very, very well at school and, you know, learning, getting my pilot's license and managing a full-time job. And, you know, I was juggling a lot of things back then, but I did it and I was so proud of myself. And it just changed how I felt about myself. It changed everything. And so around that time, I also discovered Taekwondo and I'm now a fifth degree black belt. Um, I'm in the Australasian Hall of Fame. I competed. I was a fighter for many years, but I also owned martial arts schools. And that was my first foray into coaching. And so I pretty, and, and development, personal development, teaching it. And so I went all in on Taekwondo. I had my first fight within a very short amount of time. I had my black belt in a very short amount of time. I just fast forwarded everything because I was so all in. And so what I discovered was that I was a very good teacher, a very good instructor. I knew how to get the best out of people. And I knew how to get the best out of myself, but I could read people and I could see what was going on for them. And technically, I had a very good technical eye to get them to correct their technique. And I loved that. But what I loved even more was when somebody was scared, when somebody was freaking out about their black belt grading, or when they had had a you know, really rough sparring session and they were struggling to get themselves back to class, I was able to help people overcome all of those things. And I coached and owned schools for over 20 years and I got to really understand the human psyche and understand fear and understand that people have no idea about what they're capable of. You know, they mm -hmm. underestimate themselves. But given the right teacher, given the right support, given the right environment, people can flourish. 
And so I'm very grateful for those experiences, you know, especially in the martial arts space. And so um, part of when I had my martial arts schools, I went down the route of, you know, personal training became a thing. It wasn't an everyday thing like it is now. There was no personal trainers in Australia, but I became qualified and life coaching and business coaching wasn't a thing. And then that industry emerged. So I jumped on that. And at one point in my life before the internet, I had my Taekwondo school on one side of the street and my business coaching offices on the other side of the street. And I would do a quick change. Yeah. And, um, you know, back in the day when I was launching that coaching uh, business, I had had a lot of exposure in the um, local newspaper through martial arts, through my fighting and through my students and things like that. And when I became a coach, I went to the newspaper and said, I want you to give me a 13-week column in the newspaper. I want to run a coaching series. And normally you have to pay for that. And I just went, no, you need this. Like your people need this. And so they gave me this column and I was print typing it out on a typewriter and walking it down to the office of the newspaper. And they printed this um, coaching series in the paper for me. And I got to see the impact firsthand because I'd walk down the street, usually in my Taekwondo uniform um, with a jacket thrown over the top or whatever. And people would be telling me about how life-changing this coaching program was. And I used that coaching sequence to plant seeds about the idea of coaching and talked about an event that I had coming up, a, like an information evening. That's how we did it back in the day. And I sold people into my coaching. And essentially, I've been doing the same thing ever since. My messaging is now so much easier to get out onto the world, into the world, because we have social media. We can pay for traffic. We're, we can target exactly who we want to be in front of. And while there's definitely, you know, an overabundance of content and all of those sorts of things, you're never going to see me mad about that because back in the day, you know, it took a lot to get your message in front of people. And now it's so easy and I get to choose right. who these people are. And so over the years, you know, I let go of my Taekwondo schools and I stopped doing other things and I became more and more and more and more focused on who I wanted to help and how I can help them. And you know, I've been in love with business for 30 years. I've had businesses for 30 years and I've been in love with the business, business. And just if you met me and you had a business, we're not going to talk about anything else. And so over the years, I've continued to niche further and further and further because the people I have the greatest impact over, the people I believe in can create the greatest change in the world and have the most impact are coaches, consultants and experts who are ready to teach what they know. And so over, you know, the last few years, five years probably, um, I'm exclusively working in that space now and, you know, at the high ticket end and it's been like the best decision ever. And essentially that's the end of my TED Talk and that's how I got here today. Well, Michelle, I love everything that you're doing. I mean, these experiences along the way huge, huge. And, you know, today you say you, your avatar, you know, you know, you really niche down as to who you're working with and who, who tell me, I guess my question is, um, how did you feel when it came to niching down and really getting clear as to who you're going to work with? And what was the impact from that? Yeah, that's a good question. So the niching just became, I always knew I wanted to niche. So my business before you, the, the way that you see it now was, 
in the martial arts space. So my first high ticket offer was off the back of a book that I wrote called The Honorable Martial Arts Entrepreneur. And, you know, you knew if that was for you or not, right? If you're a martial arts school owner and you didn't want a McDojong, but you wanted to grow and expand and you wanted to be more successful in the martial arts space, you came to me. Like it was it was pretty simple. And so I knew that that niche was going to be a very important aspect. I'd always niched in my online fitness businesses, which I forgot to mention, but I had those. Um, I also um, opened a martial arts school that was only for adult women. Um, that was very niche and it had worked for me in the past. And I also ran, I, after the Honourable Martial Arts Entrepreneur, I pivoted a little bit. I was still doing the same work, but it was a different market. I went into the female entrepreneur market. And what I could see pretty quickly in working with a bunch of businesses and a bunch of women was the service-based industry suited me better because that's what I was doing. I just knew it really well. You had a package, price, market, all those things. And so by trial and error, I found out that, no, I don't want to work with people that own clothing stores. No, I don't want to work with, you know, people that have cafes. No, I don't want to work in that space. I want to work with people like me, essentially, which is, you know, what most coaches end up doing. And so it was trial and error. And then um, I was working in the female entrepreneur space. And one day I was getting ready to elevate and pivot a little bit again. And I do this roughly every three to four years. I outgrow things. I just want to simplify things. And I do a bit of an audit and I looked at it and it's like, who am I getting the best results for? Who do I love working with the most? Where, you know, who am I working with that it doesn't feel like work? And if I could just fill my business with just these people, who would they be? Um, And it's, it's the people that I work with now. And it's, not limited to coaches. So I've got people who have been successful in different areas, like a salon owner or a VA who's blown their business up and they want to teach people how to do what they they do and, and move into that coaching and mentoring space. And so, yeah, these are my people, coaches, consultants, and these industry experts who want to move into the coaching, consulting, mentoring space. But it was trial and error. It was you know, doing whatever I needed to do. I was still niching, but it was like, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper. And the deeper you go, um, well, they say that niching is only an inch wide, but it's miles deep. And so when people find you, they're very engaged because you're speaking their language. Whereas if I'm just a business coach who works with female business owners, it's not very specific and I'm not speaking about specific problems, but I know like the back of my hand, the challenges of the people that come to me. I know them. I know how, I know what they are struggling with. I know what they want. I know how to get them what they want. I know how to fix this problem for them. And so I can speak that language and that's the power of niche and people feel scared to niche they feel scared because they feel like they're going to let go of a whole bunch of the industry. And I'll tell you what, I'll take you back to my martial arts school days. There, I spoke with a uh, inverted commas industry legend who helps people build martial arts schools. And I said to him, I'm going to launch a women's only martial arts school. And he's like, well, that's ridiculous. You're going to get rid of so, you know, you're going to close the door on so much of the market. 
And I just said, watch me, mate. Like, you've got no idea. And that school was at capacity within six months. I'd never done that before in my whole life. I was charging four times more than anybody else in the industry. Um, I was not in the high street. I was in an industrial estate in the middle of freaking nowhere. But my message cut through and it worked. And so you're not getting rid of the market because the market aren't going to pay attention to you in the first place because you're beige as hell. So what we need to do is be the red flag, not in a bad way, be the red flag in amongst a sea of people waving their little gray flags, trying to be everything to everybody. That does not get traction. You've got to be the person that speaks somebody's language. And it doesn't matter if there are a thousand people doing what you're doing. Nobody's going to say it like you say it. Even if within your niche, within your niche, there are a hundred people or a thousand people or a million people doing what you do, there's a market for it. And the way that you differentiate yourself from the market is being you, being authentically you, sharing your opinions, whether they're good, you know, whether they're going to divide people or not. And that's the that's how you make the most of the niche that you're in. I 100% agree with everything you said. You know, with a niche, like you said, every a lot of people are scared to niche down. Maybe they're getting, you know, traction and leads from all sorts of areas. That's fine and everything, but are they the right aligned people to work with? Are you happy working with them or is it a shit show? Sorry, excuse my yeah. language. No, no. Or- I was trying to be nice with my language, but the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so... It- are they the right avatar, the, the right fit? Um, I hear this all the time. Like we don't want to niche down because we have all these, you know, all these leads coming in, but then there's a lot of them who can't afford our, our prices and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So that's when you niche down and you can increase your prices and you're still honestly attracting the right fit people. And you're, you're just having more success by the end of it anyways, because you're working with the people you want to work with. You're very specific as to who you're going to work with. And then it just it flows. So I 100% agree with everything you said there. Yeah. And the thing is, right, if we look back to, well, when you're just you and your niche, niche, you know, drilling down on your niche, people will self-select, right? So back in the day, after I ran my first mastermind, I, it was a shit show because I ended up with all of these people that were a pain in my ass from day one. And so, but it was a great experience because I learned, And so what I did after that was I pre-screened the hell out of everybody. It's like, you've got to jump through hoops. You've got to answer these questions. You've got to be the perfect fit. And I spent a lot of time pre-screening people into my world because I didn't want the wrong people again. These days, I don't do that. I don't need to do that because the people that come to me who want to work with me, who, by the way, you know, my private mentoring rate is 15,000 US dollars for four weeks now, four week blocks. And I sign people up within days off of my social media through messenger without discovery calls, without anything like that. They're available, but, you know, I speak a certain language and I speak a certain way and people know if I'm for them or not, you know? And so the pre-screening thing isn't the big deal that it once was because people self-select. They get a feeling, they know I'm expensive and worth it. And, you know, they come to me knowing that they're going to have to invest if they want to work with me. And, you know, there, there are various ways to work with me, but at the highest level at the very least. And, you know, the other thing about the niche thing is, you know, you know the problem that you're solving. 
and you're very clear about it. It's not difficult for people to understand. Too many coaches are out there trying to be everything to everybody. And they're, you know, my favorite is the business slash life slash relationship coach. Do you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> pick a freaking lane. Like which one are you? Yes. Yes. yes because I don't want to work everything. With- I don't want to be a a coach. I'm never going to hire a coach that is a this slash that slash that. It's like the people that I work with want to be specialists. They want to be the experts in their field. And I only work with specialists or people who are willing to give up that shit show that is, you know, multi-passionate, multi-whatever. And I'm sure it works for some people but not for most and not in the beginning. Like in the beginning, you've got to get clear so people understand what you're on about in the first place. And you can start to add a few more strings to your bow, but you've got to be, you've got to make some money first. You've got to Mm -hmm. have a business and not just a hobby or a donation to the business fund every month. You know, you've got to figure that out. And clarity is an important piece. And when you figure out your niche and the problem that you're solving, you start talking about that. That's when you, that's when you place yourself on the map. Absolutely. And you, you said it, you got to get crystal clear as to what you do, the problem you're solving and who you're working with, who's your avatar and um, simplify things, just simplify things. Simplify. Yeah. Love it. Michelle, I know we're getting, you know, we had a, that was an amazing conversation. I, I wish our episodes were longer, but I really want to make sure we cover, you know, yeah. seamless scaling for coaches. Yes. I mean, you, that you're the expert behind that. Do you mind diving into that? Because this is going to speak volume as well. Yeah, for sure. So this, the whole idea of the seamless scaling is that we focus on one thing and we give it a year. And so the way that we, we start is we create, we figure out what is your niche what, who are you serving? And then what is the problem you're solving? And then we also get really clear on, we are going to make a big promise and we're going to keep it. Like that is the thing that we do. We're not scared to make a big promise. We make a big promise and we're going to keep it. So we figure out what that is. And then we price and package a high ticket offer, a one-on-one offer. And a lot of the coaches will come to me and they're like, I'm so done with one-on-one. And it's like, no, you're not. You're just not doing it right. You're working with the wrong people. When you do it my way, you get to charge the prices you want. You attract a better level of client. It's fun. Like it's easy. And so we package that single high ticket offer first. We start selling that. And we generate cash flow because cash flow is absent in most coaching businesses, 95% of coaching businesses. So we get cash flow, big cash flow coming in because we're high ticket coaching now. And then we focus on getting um, a lead automation process in place so that my clients aren't running around the internet trying to find clients. Like the client, we're using attraction marketing, clients are finding them. Tick, revenue stream one. We do that for a little while, not very long. And then while we're working with these one-on-one clients, getting amazing results, building their reputation, all those sorts of things, we start thinking about our leverage. So the first one is we launch, then we leverage. And so we leverage with a group offer. And this is where I love my clients to use my million-dollar mastermind framework. And so that is where we we focus on $84,000 months generated via a a mastermind with a rolling start. So we know our numbers. We know what we're aiming for. Again, 
that offer is an extension of the high ticket private coaching offer. But we've got gen- we've got cash flow coming in from the one-on-ones and then we get this mastermind or group offer up and running. It's a high ticket offer. For most people, they're going to have less than 30 people that they need to enroll to hit that number. And so right. we're not dealing with big numbers, which is what we love. And so then we get that enrolling, we get the lead automation and sales automation coming in for that. And now we can tick to revenue streams. And then we focus on a more scaled model beyond that, whether it's a membership program or digital courses or something like that. But we want a high ticket offer that is one-on-one that is very easy to sell. It's our bread and butter while we're, you know, launching and growing, while we're growing and scaling. And that's essentially how we do it. But we also focus on three really solid metrics every single month. So if you're a coach, pin your ears back because this is this is something that will change your life. So we focus on reach. And if you focus on one thing only, you want to focus on growing your reach. Grow it through organic means, grow it through paid traffic. And before you start growing your reach, you've got to be very clear on those things that we spoke about. Have a product that you're selling that you're excited about. Be clear on the, um, you know, the the problem that you're solving, and be really well versed in speaking about that and having calls to action on your content and all the rest of it. Um, and you you get better at that by just practicing it. So if you just had all of those ducks in a row, and the only thing you focused on was reach for an entire year, your business would blow up. And the reason for that is it's a numbers game. If you've got a hundred people following you and you know that out of those hundred people, one person buys from you, then you know that if you've got a thousand people, then 10 people are going to buy from you, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's not the, the science isn't exact, but we know that the more eyes we have on our business, the more sales we're going to make. So right. reach is very important. Um, the next thing that we need to focus on is revenue. We're setting revenue targets and we're chasing them down every month. And we focus on that through reach and through other um, initiatives, right? And so setting targets and not being scared to set big targets and chase them and keep going until you're hitting it is really important. We need to be resilient. We need to keep the goal the same and figure out how we meet that goal instead of reducing it, which is what too many people do. Like set it high and just go for it. Like you've got nothing to lose. And then the other R, so we have three R's that we focus on in my mastermind. So it's reach, it's revenue and results. And if you can focus on getting results for your clients, you will build a reputation based on results. People will come to know you. And so, you know, people might say to me, well, um, you know, my program is five months long. So it's going to be five months before I get a result. I'm like, it's not because your client's going to be having ahas from day one. So the result doesn't have to be the end result. The results are happening every coaching session. It's a breakthrough. It's an aha. It's a way of thinking. It's a launching of a new thing that you didn't think was possible. And so you don't have to gather end results in terms of, you know, I get very good financial return results from my clients always, but there are other results as well. It's like, going from one to one to scaling so they're not exhausted anymore. It's many different things along the way. It's thinking differently. It's having this full understanding suddenly that, 
I'm a single mum and I'm just realizing for the first time because I just made this much money this month, I can create this future for my family. I'm in control of this. It's possible. And so that's a conversation. You know, there are results in those conversations. So get good at listening for where you're having impact. Stack it, like create a spreadsheet. This client said this. This client had this breakthrough. Talk about those things. Testimonials. Those things. Yeah. And if you do those things, so scale in a way that start big and continue big. Don't, don't, people scale the wrong way. They want to launch with a $97 product. And, you know, when they get better, then they'll go with a high ticket offer. It costs less time and energy to sell a $50,000 package as a, than it does to sell a $97 offer. I know it. I've tried it. We've tested it. So you're better to spend your time and energy on your high ticket offer. And then if you make one sale, it's a $50,000 sale. It's not a $97 sale. So it's that scaling high from the get-go. And then it's a little bit lower. So the mastermind product is not going to be the same as one-on-one. It's going to be a little bit cheaper. And then your ultimately scaled offer is going to be a little bit cheaper again, but scale that way. Don't start small and scale big. And the other thing is follow those three metrics, reach, revenue, results. Revenue, results. Yeah. And then you get those aha moments and pay attention to them, right? So, oh, I love it. I love what you're doing. I'm totally with you on the high, high ticket, go high ticket. Like honestly, shoot for the stars and niche down, find your avatar because you know, when you do that and don't be afraid to not have as much traffic because you will attract the right people then. And you're working so much less because you're attracting the right people who are ready and who are serious, who, you know, can afford the program. And it's just less work for yourself and you're making way more bang, <laughs> you know? So yeah. love everything that you said. It's, I it's, it's true. It's true. Absolutely. Yeah. High ticket is the way to go. It's, I don't know why, how anyone would do it any other way. No. You know, I'm working with a client at the moment and this is not unusual, but she's working in it. You know, she's highly educated and, but still selling hours for dollars, right? You know, the industry, it's like, mm. it's, they're an accountant mm. or they're a, a psychologist or they're a, you know, something in that space where they've gone to school for many, many years, right? Feeling like this is the route that they're supposed to take. And then they realize that even if they're charging 250 bucks an hour, they're exhausted and they, they're capped out. And so this particular client had been, you know, exhausted and all the rest of it, had this idea for a 12-week a, a group coaching program. And she finally pulled the trigger, found me on Instagram within a couple of days, signed up to work with me one-on-one and before two weeks was up, she sold three $2,000 entrances into her offer, you know, and this was something she'd sat on for two or three years, but we got the clarity. We got the, you know, speaking about the problem and all of those things. And I want to talk about that because it illustrates that these things can happen fast when you've got the clarity, Right. But you need the clarity first and you need the strategy and and all the rest of it. But it can be done and it can be done really, really quickly. Like to go from having this idea for three years and being exhausted, not knowing how to do anything, she's still exhausted because we haven't hit the tipping point where she can stop doing the one-on-ones just yet. But she's building that bridge and it's only temporary, you know. So to go from charging $180 an hour or whatever it is to suddenly charging $2,000 and knowing that that's an hour a work week, an hour's work every single week, and she can have three people in there, she can have 30 people in there, 
doesn't matter. It's that leverage model and right. and you can do that quickly. A hundred percent. I love it. I love what you do. And like you said, you know, niche down, what problem are you fixing? Get crystal clear on that. Uh, who are you working with? And then reach revenue results and those aha moments. Oh, I love all of it. Love what you do. Now, Michelle, this has been absolutely amazing. You have you're, you're a rock star guest. And I love that you were able to come on my show and show all this value with my listeners and myself, you know, Thank you. you're truly an expert in this field. And, you know, if there is people looking to connect with you, if they're the right fit and they want to, you know, connect, reach out, what is the best way to go ahead and do that? Yeah. So I would head to my Instagram. So I'm at Michelle Hetst, my name, um, you know, my links page has got everything there, um, but I also have um, a contact form on my website, which is michellehext.com if you're not into Insta. Um, but if you, yeah, head to either of those places, you'll be able to get in touch with me and, and we can have a conversation um, about, yeah. And you can have a look on my website. I've got many different offers that, that go on there at different price points, but they're all high ticket. Yeah. Love it. Thank you so much, Michelle. This has been absolutely amazing. Also, you guys, she has some incredible retreats too. So <laughs> go check that out too. Thank you so much. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure entrepreneur and are looking to come on the show, just like Michelle Hex did today, to talk about your area of expertise, talk about the podcast and the business, tell us a bit of your story, please go to top100interview.com. I'd love to have you on as well. Thank you so much, Michelle. Bye, guys. Catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.